right, people. Welcome to more with the Mac. Uh, we've been talking about the the basics. We've been talking about the fundamentals and how that basically once you learn those fundamentals, you can operate any app, any website, any place on the Mac. And this is true of iOS as well, but and we're dealing with the Mac here. So any place on the Mac, as long as it is made reasonably accessible by the developer. Today, we're going to start learning a little bit later how to get into your apps, how to navigate these basics like the desktop and the you know, the dock and the launch pad and things of that nature. But before we even do that, we want to start out by talking to you about how to get help when and if you need it. Apple has done an absolutely fantastic job of providing a vast number of onboard resources, resources that are built right into your Macintosh that allow you to get help quickly whenever you need them. The first one I want to talk to you about is that right out of the box, when you first set up your Mac, if you set it up yourself, because remember we said last week that it's entirely possible to set one up yourself. And even if not, the first time you turn on voiceover, you're going to get an announcement saying to you that if you already know how to use voiceover, you can do one thing. And, and I think once you're in the Mac OS, it's press the V key if you're already familiar with voiceover. And if not, you can press something else and whatever they tell you to press, and it will give you the quick start tour. Now, this quick start tour is very basic. It's just, I don't know, five, six, seven steps, something like that. But it guides you through a lot of these fundamentals that we've already talked about. The basics of navigating left and right, of activating an item with your control option space or, you know, in other words, VO space. Remember, the VO keys or the voiceover keys are either the combination of control and option or just the caps lock key. So if we say voiceover H, that means VOH, that means control option H or caps lock H. So anyway, they'll walk you through navigating with VO left and VO right with, uh, you know, activating an item with VO space, in other words, control option space or caps lock space, and a few other things, just these basics, just these fundamentals like we've talked about. And that's a great tour, which can help a new user, especially to get started. Now, if you want to take that tour again, later on, we'll tell you how to get to that momentarily. But I wanted to share with you, first of all, that it's available right away when you first set up a Mac or you first start using voiceover. Another help resource. So that one, if you're taking notes, that is the quick start tour. Okay. Uh, another very useful resource is the keyboard help. Now there's a quick way to access keyboard help from anywhere at all. And it's control option K, or I suppose caps lock K would work also voice over K, the okay. And you, if you press that, and this works on your iPhone or your iPad as well, by the way, it turns on a special mode, a special keyboard help mode, where anything you press on the keyboard. I was in the quick start guide this morning while you're doing that, and it's not so quick anymore. Um, there's actually no. there's actually 20 panels that it takes you through. It takes you through a lot of different things, and it's very detailed and good information if you're a new user. There is a problem, though, uh, with the quick start tutorial to be aware of. There are certain parts of it where you actually have to close the tutorial to do the exercise. Um, I've run into this with a couple of clients recently, and this is what Apple Accessibility told them was the workaround. 
So in case anybody is going through the quick start tutorial and they get to, there's a section about the dock, for example, going to the dock and navigating the dock, you actually have to close the quick start tutorial with the escape key. And then you do the exercise as it's, you know, as it's explained to you. Does so it still go back to where you left off like it used to yes. when you go back in? Yes. There? So okay. when you restart it, it'll just pick up where you left off. Yeah, I haven't I been through it in the why... last six months, so I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Bug. It didn't I, used I to be like that. I don't know why it does this. And Apple Accessibility didn't explain this to, because uh, I've had two clients now that this has happened to. And I tried it on my own just to see if they were, you know, smoking the ganja or something. And I had the same issue. <laughs> and I, 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 I gather from the way you're describing it that it doesn't actually tell you that you need to press escape to no. close it. No, it does not. Okay. So just okay. be aware. When they want to go back into it later, either because of the reason you described or maybe they just want to do it again, what is the keyboard command to sort of retake the voiceover quick start tutorial? That's the Control Option Command F8 or Caps Lock Command F8 if you're using Caps okay. Lock as your modifier. Okay. And I think, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, of course, and I, I, I might be, but I, I know there are some, and I think this is one of them, that if you have a touch bar, you can simply use the, the actual number 8. So you can do Control Option Command 8, and, and I believe that will work. Uh, there are few that do work like that. Um, and, and I think that may be one of them. Do you maybe, know for unless you have to include the FN key, maybe you have to include the FN key and that will work. I'm, I'm not sure if I had my, okay. if I had my laptop fired up, I try it to let you know. Okay. I don't. Okay. I want to point something out though, because it, um, it did, it said it to me this morning when I was, um, doing the demo in the recording and it's, um, amazing how much detail Apple takes. If you have, um, the function keys not set as standard function keys, it will automatically tell you to add the FN key to that key combination. If you have them off or turned on, it won't tell you that. I tested it both ways. And the amazing thing about it is I'm not even using an Apple Met. I'm not even using any of Apple's keyboards. I'm using a Logitech third-party keyboard. So it still recognized the fact that I didn't have my function keys set as um, standard function keys. And it told me if I wanted to come back to add the function key to that command. So if you would, I mean, you ain't got to worry. No matter how you have your keyboard set in this instance anyway, I don't know about anywhere else. But in this instance, when you're trying to get back to the quick start guide, VoiceOver will tell you what keys you need to push, whether it's the FN key with those other three or without the FN key, because Apple has implemented, if you know, for lack of a better term, giving VoiceOver some artificial intelligence to know how your keyboard is set up. We were talking about ways to get help with the onboard resources. And the second one I was just starting into is the keyboard help. So again, VoiceOver keys with the letter K. So either Control Option K or Caps Lock K. And when you're in that mode, as I was starting to say, you can press any key. If you press a voiceover command, like, for example, control option right arrow, it will not only announce what it is, but it will tell you what it does. So you can press random letters and it'll say H, I, J, K, L, you know, whatever. But when you press a voiceover command, like control option right, it'll say something like moves to the next item on the screen or something, you know, whatever. And you can also do this with gestures. We have not even begun to talk about the trackpad yet. I don't know if we'll do that today or next time, but 
uh, we will. And, and so if you have your trackpad commander enabled, which if you're only starting out with us, you don't even know how to do that yet because we didn't teach you. But for our, our veteran users, you might already know, and we'll teach the rest of you soon. Uh, but if you have that enabled, you can even do gestures on the trackpad and voiceover uh, will describe uh, when you're in this keyboard help mode um, what those gestures do. And something that's very important to remember about keyboard help is anything you press is not affecting anything else about the computer. So sometimes people are afraid to try things, which they shouldn't be because there's usually no situation you can't get out of one way or another. Uh, but in this case, especially, you really don't have to worry because everything you do is sort of isolated to this container of keyboard help, right? Where everything is inside of that and it's not affecting anything else about your Mac. Well, another neat thing that it does is if you use the numpad commander or you set up keyboard commander shortcuts, they will work. They will work to identify it for you in keyboard help. So in case you forget how you might have customized numpad commander or what keyboard shortcuts you might have added to keyboard a commander, uh, it will be identified in keyboard help mode, which I think is pretty helpful because I tend to forget what keyboard shortcuts I've created with clients over the years. And also, what is VOHH? Because I used to use that. I haven't used it That's in a while. That's commands help. That takes you to the commands help where it has the categories and right, if you right. VO right arrow from each category, it gives you a list of the associated voiceover commands. In it, if you forget, for example, I mean, VOK for keyboard help is pretty easy to remember, but maybe you forget, or maybe you forgot that VO command F8 is the quick start. All of those and more, a whole lot more, can be found in the basic voiceover help menu. Now, to get to the voiceover help menu, it's just VOH, so control option H as in help. Or, or caps lock H. And this is a menu, which we've not spent a lot of time on menus yet, but we will. But basically, once you're in this menu, the technical way you can VO up arrow and VO down arrow through the menu and then VO space to activate what you have found. And a lot of folks don't even bother with that when they're in menus, they just press the down arrow and the up arrow by themselves and press return because both will work in most menus. Again, if you're really being technical about it, you want to stick to that consistency. You'll add the VO keys up and down and then VO space, but really and truly honestly in a menu, you don't have to. And in this voiceover help menu, which you access with VOH, you're going to find keyboard help, voiceover quick start. You're going to find commands help, which is also accessed with VOH and then immediately another H. And that's where you're holding down the VO keys and you press H twice, right? And, and so that's that. this is also available in the, the voiceover help menu. And as John described very well, that's going to let you see a list of all of your commands. And you can, you can see everything, what it does. You have VO um, in the VOH voiceover help menu. You have sound help. So you can actually go in there and listen to all of the different sounds that voiceover makes, those little boundary reach sounds and the little loading sound and, you know, the refresh screen sound and all these different things. So you can understand better what they do by getting an actual description along with the sound as it's being played. And then there's the actual voiceover, um, uh, voiceover help system in there and the voiceover user guide, um, which they used to call the voiceover getting started guide. I, if I'm 
not mistaken, I think they just call it the voiceover user guide now, but it's, you know, it's in there as well. There used to be a command and maybe it's still there, but I don't remember if it's VO shift H, I think it is, where it would immediately read the voiceover hint, if any, associated with whatever item you're on. Is that still present? Yes. Yes, your brain is working today. (laughs) (laughs) And, And now, if by default, folks, if you've not changed any of these settings, which we'll have to talk about how and where you change settings too, but we'll get to that. And of course, we have the, the wonderful tutorial that John did of, of your system settings. But anyway, um, if you haven't changed any of your voiceover settings, when you sort of let the voiceover cursor now, rest... Now, Matt, did you call it a hint or a tag? Um, I, I Well... It, it's actually, there's, there are two different things because the hint is like you are currently on a button to click this button, press control option space, but then it has a little like a little help tag that it usually reads after that as well. And I think, isn't that what it reads when you do yeah, VO, VO shift H? VO shift H reads the tag, VO the shift tag. N reads the actual hint. So I, did, did, I just did VO shift N and it said you're currently in a group and it told me to interact, whatever. And then... And then I just did VO shift H and it said this item has no help tag. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so it just for depends example, on where you are. On the mute button for Zoom, if I do VO shift H, it just tells me that I'm, I'm on the mute button. Um, if I do VO shift N, it gives me the additional information about, you know, pressing VO space to activate it. A lot of items have help tags uh, like that. And, and the third party app developers can even implement them. So it might say, you know, um, mutes the current m- mutes your audio or something when you're on the mute button. You know, just as a a little quick tidbit there. Whereas the hint is the detailed. You are currently on a button to click this button. Press Control Option Space to yeah. navigate items within this table. Press con- you know whatever. And again, when we start talking about settings here, uh, by default both are enabled. Hints and tags and they'll automatically read after a few seconds of just leaving your voiceover cursor alone and i always encourage because especially on ios i don't you know teach the mac that often but i'm going to take the same position with the mac that i do with ios which is that don't i mean it's personal preference there's no right or wrong all right nobody's going to condemn you but my opinion for what it's worth don't disable these things okay if you must if you must not hear them, just ignore them and move on. You don't have to wait for it to stop speaking. Or you, you can, can press control. That's yeah, you can press the control key to, to pause the speech right now. Or if you know the next thing you're gonna do, like if you land on a button and you know you need to press VO space, just press it. You don't have to wait. But by disabling these things completely, you may cause yourself to miss out on something helpful, especially after major operating system updates, like we've just gone from Monterey to Ventura not all that long ago. And you may not know everything that's, that's new. And these, these help tags and these hints can really be helpful to you know, help you to understand that. So if you don't need it, just move on. Now, you can also change in your settings um, the length of time that the cursor has to sit. First menu in any menu bar on the Mac, if the app has a menu bar, it will always begin with the Apple menu. It is actually called the Apple menu. And if you do a control option M, even on the desktop, that's the first menu, Apple. And under Apple are these 
standard ubiquitous options like your system settings about this Mac, options to shut down and to log out and to lock the screen and sleep and all these kinds of things. And then if you and restart and, and restart, and then if you VO right arrow instead of the Apple menu, you want to go to the next one. That's the one that Lynn is talking about. That's your application menu. It's going to take on the title of whatever app you happen to be in at the time. So if you're on the desktop, it's going to call itself Finder. Because remember, we described last week that the Finder is what the desktop actually is using. That's going to be the second menu, the application menu. If you're on the desktop, it'll be Finder. If you're in Safari, it'll call itself the Safari menu. Uh, if you're in Pages, well, you get the idea, okay? And then the rest of the menus to the right are dependent upon whatever app you're in. Now, oftentimes there's like a file, edit, view, you know, but they can be different things depending on the app. There's usually a help menu in there. And again, you just VO left and right. And when you find a menu that you want, again, there's a couple of ways to do it. And for our veterans who want to know, the reason that it works a couple ways is because the system cursor, the system carrot, can also navigate through menus. So if you just press the down arrow and the up arrow, you're moving the system cursor and pressing return will work. A lot of people do that. And I've done it. And there's nothing wrong with it. The official way to do it with voiceover is to VO space to open the menu, VO up and down to go through the menu, and then VO space on whatever you want. But again, either way is going to work. Well, the only, most note, the only note I want to just mention, cautionary note about that is sometimes, not always, sometimes you have what they call alternative menu items. So yes. a sighted person would press the option key to get that item to show. So right. by doing VO arrows, if there are alternative menu items, it automatically will show them. So for example, in the go menu in Finder, try navigating it with just the down arrow and then switch to navigating with control option down arrow. And you'll notice right. there's a couple of additional items that will appear when you do it the voiceover way. Right. And and that is that is, as I said, the voiceover way is definitely the official way. And in my opinion, the best way to do it um, because of a lot of reasons, that being one of them, what, what John just said, that's automatically going to give you those alternate items. And so I just want to mention, because John mentioned the word alternate items, I, I don't like to get out of sequence too much, but I, I do want to mention this. For those who are used to this and you are trying more advanced stuff and you hear something like alternate actions available or something like that. If you are familiar with iOS or iPad OS, and especially if you've taken a course from, from some of us, because we really drill this in, you are familiar with the long press. On an iPhone, it's a double tap and hold, or a voiceover user can actually just triple tap most of the time to get that same thing. And what that does is it is it brings up a context menu of options. And there is quite a need to be familiar with the long press gesture on iOS. It is really beneficial if you can get used to remembering to try a long press for different things. Well, the Mac has a way of doing this also. Now, there used to be, and it still exists, but it's not always going to give you the same benefits. Um, there used to be a command. We've talked about VOM for the menu bar. It used to be that you'd add VO shift M and this would bring up the context menu. And it still does in certain situations. But what Apple really wants you to do now with voiceover 
when you want to get an alternate list of menus, a context menu specific to something or alternate actions, is you want to do VO command space. Instead of just a regular VO space on something, VO command space brings up these alternate actions. That goes I, in the line with the same thing John said about the option navigation um, navigating with the uh, VO keys. That's a sometimey yes. thing because they're, they want you to use VO command space, but it doesn't always work and VO shift M will work better. So it just depends on what you're on. Like notifications, yeah. for example, notifications, you definitely want a VO command space. Yes. Like we've talked about. But like when I'm in, in mail and I want to move a message, VO shift M works better than VO right. command space. VO command space, I imagine, would take you two or three steps, right? Because you'd have to say, show alternate items or something yes, like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So you can certainly try the VO shift M and the VO command space. It's just about trying these things and knowing what works best. But I will tell you, notifications, and, and we, you know, again, we're just jumping around a little, but um, as we've talked about on iOS, for those who have taken our, our iOS course, because this is super important, a lot of voiceover users stereotypically don't really bother with notifications beyond just listening to what they say when they appear. And so all of a sudden, you know, two weeks later, they'll come to me and they'll say, I have, you know, 87 incomplete reminders that already occurred. How do I clear them? To which, you know, I'm very tempted to say, well, you should have cleared them as they occurred. And then people will just clear them and not take an action on them. So did you know, for example, when you get a reminder, you know, uh, water the plants or, you know, take out the dog, whatever you have options without ever opening the reminders app. You have options to mark the reminder as complete right there from wherever you are, whatever app you happen to be in, whatever you're doing at the time, you have the option to mark the reminder complete. You have the option to snooze the reminder, like say, you know, remind me again in an hour or in a day or, you know, tomorrow morning, whatever you have all of these options without ever opening the Reminders app because notifications are actionable. And this is true on iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple Watch, all of these devices, notifications are actionable. And that's where, that's a, one example of where your VO command spacebar is extremely useful because if you get a notification that pops up, you can VO command space on it to get those alternate actions and one of them is to clear. If you really don't want to do anything else with it, you can just dismiss it, you know. But again, check it out because a lot of times when notifications appear, you will have these, um, these alternate options available. So remember those. VO shift M is one option and also VO command space. If you're looking for contextual options, try both. If you press VO M twice, in other words, VO M M, you will be immediately taken to the status menus, which have gotten much fewer over the years because there's now a control center. But you can customize what's in the status menus. Um, I'm trying to think by default because I just set up my Mac as new the other day, and I think it has maybe the Wi-Fi, uh, the battery. It has Bluetooth. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, so I can hear the battery of my, of my keyboard, which is Bluetooth. Um, I can hear the battery of the the, the level of the um, my Mac MacBook. Um, right. Any and other volume? Like, yeah, it has air, the volume. AirPod. Yeah, and it has volume and control, and then it has volume the, controls, and and you can choose if you, 
some of these things, you know, you can change whether they appear in the status menus or not. But one of them that it definitely has is your notification center and your control center. So just like if you have an iPhone or an iPad or an Apple TV, an Apple Watch, and you're familiar with control center, you have a, a, a variety of controls that are available to you in the Mac control center also. Same kind of stuff. Your Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth, your, I think, probably AirDrop, your volume, your um, AirPlay, you know, screen mirroring and, and AirPlay audio and all of these different options are available in Control Center, which you can VOMM and then you can VO left and right until you find Control Center and you can VO space on it. And so th there's a lot of these different options. Um, another option that can sometimes appear in the in the status menus if you enable it is what they call fast user switching. So if you live in, you know, uh, if you have family who shares your Mac with you and, you, you know, you live with your family and they all, you know, have an account on the Mac, it is possible to enable this fast user switching where you just go up to the status menu and pick somebody's name and they can log into the Mac. Now, the key thing to understand about fast user switching is it does not log you out. It lets you logged in while it lets somebody else logged in. And so there are people who, you know, who would say that this is not as secure, which it's not. Um, you know, if you really want a very, very secure, very private environment, you won't enable fast user switching. You know, you'll make it so that one person has to log out before the next one can log, you know, in. But again, that's personal preference. And that can appear also when you have multiple. The fast users. switcher is actually there by default. You have to remove it. If you don't want it, you have to remove it. Yeah, it's like one of those things, like on the iOS in the control center, that you know you can customize it. it. I mean, there's some things that are there by default, but one that's one of them. Like if you want time machine, you have to put that there. But like fast user switching, if you have more than one user, it's automatically there. All right. So you've got your new Mac. You learned how to log in, how to turn Voiceover on. How do I get into? my apps? How do I get Safari? How do I get music? How do I get, you know, uh, notes or pages or calendar? And well, everything you just named becomes built into the Mac. So, I mean, <laughs> it'd be different well, if you're talking right, about right. something like, well, actually, you're, you're right. You're actually, I'm wrong. Pages doesn't come, but you have to go to the app store and get it. So that I did mess up on that one, but Safari and notes that is already on your doc. So. Right. So the, the, there's about there's about, you know, 52 different ways. I'm, I'm being a bit hyperbolic, but there's there's a bunch of different ways to uh, to launch an app on your Mac. OK, let's just go through some of the very simple ones first, and then I'll spend a little more time on the other ones. Now, first of all, if you've set up Siri, which, again, it's going to walk you through doing that by default, you can ask Siri. Now, you can do this in two different ways. If you've set up the allow you know, the wake phrase, hey, I'll pause there, but Siri, you know that phrase. It, you can use that. And there is a command which can be changed. But by default, if you press and hold command spacebar, you get Siri. So you can say launch pages, launch notes. Yeah, you, can, you can use Siri just as you would on any other Apple device to open an app. Um, another way, remember, you're on the desktop. And by default, the desktop comes with nothing on it. If you plug in certain external drives and stuff, they may show up. But really, your desktop is just a, a blank slate, kind of. You've got the menu bar, you know, so your, your apps aren't going to be there. And that's but, one of those settings that can be changed, too, because when I plug in external drives, it doesn't show up on my desktop. I don't know if anybody right. remembers, but my desktop and my dock 
are well my doc's not empty i have a couple things on there that i access enough that i need them there but i don't need a commander for but my doc is completely empty and correct me if i'm wrong john did wasn't it that tim or somebody else that told us the more stuff you have on your desktop the slower your mac's gonna take to load because it has to fire all that stuff up when it's coming on yes yeah it's i mean it's not so much a bigger deal if you have 16 gigs of ram but you got to remember that when you boot a mac everything on your desktop gets loaded into ram so if you have applications or photos you got to keep that in mind because that's eating away at your total ram now again if you have 16 gigs it's not a big deal but if you're still you know working with four or eight gigs you don't want to end up going over to swap memory you know to keep your mac up and running right Right. And truthfully, even if you have M1 or, or later, it's not as big of a deal because M1, Apple Silicon does a better job of managing yes. memory. But I, I still believe I don't like putting stuff on the desktop. Again, this is personal preference. Everything I share with you, everything we share here about how to open apps becomes personal preference. We just show you some different ways to do it. Now, one of the more common ways, especially for voiceover users, is to use the dock. And again, if you're familiar with iPhone and iPad, you know what the dock is, but the dock appears. It can actually be moved to different locations, but I think by default, it's along the bottom of the screen. Yes. And it has two sides. It's got on the Mac, it's got your your favorite apps, which if you aren't sure of what your favorite ones are, Apple will take the liberty, you know, on a new Mac, they'll already put the ones there that they think are the most important or most popular or what have you. And then the right side of your dock has access to recent apps and, and documents and the trash and things of that nature, which we'll get into. But a lot of people put the items they most frequently use on the dock. And you can quickly access the dock with voiceover by pressing VOD. In other words, control option D as in dock or caps lock D as in dock. And when you are on that dock, you're going to see whatever's on it. So, you know, if you have Safari, if you have notes, if you have um, you know, TV app or QuickTime player or music, all of those things, you can just VO left and right and then VO space on whichever one you want. Now, if you're working with uh, sighted folks or if you yourself are sighted or partially sighted or whatever you want to call it, um, one of the important things about the dock to keep in mind is that the more stuff you put on the dock, the less easy it's going to be to read because everything's going to get smaller in order to fit more items. This is true on the iPad as well. And the same is true if you put too much stuff on your on your Mac's dock. Now, obviously, it's going to hold more, um, but it, it's still one of those things where I, I don't personally use the dock except to get to Launchpad, and I really wouldn't even have to do that. But, you know, again, it's it's personal preference. The dock is very popular because... For many people, there are, you know, just a handful of apps that they use every single day. And so they put those on the dock and that's all they need, you know. Um, Now, the next way that I'd like to talk about is the, um, I'll save my favorite for for not last, but second to last, because the last one's going to be probably Cliff and John's favorite. Well, I can't really speak for John, but I know it's Cliff's favorite. Um, But we'll get to that. But the, the third way or fourth, whatever number we're on. Uh, This is sort of what I would call the legacy way of doing things. It's not really probably the way most people want to do it now. Uh, But years and years ago, before there were all these other methods, you could directly access the applications folder on your Mac. And guess what? You still can. 
And it used to be years ago that there was your, your hard drive actually had its own icon right on the desktop. You can still show that if you want to, but most people don't. And it's not there by default. And it's called Macintosh HD out of the box. And so you could double click on that and you could double click on applications. And there was every single app that you had and you could just open it. Okay. And if you want to get to the applications folder quickly, there is a keyboard command. It's not a voiceover command. It's a Mac OS command. It's command shift A for applications. Command shift A. And that will jump you immediately. It'll open the applications folder. And there are times, we won't get into that today, but there are times that this can be beneficial. Okay. But again, this is an old way. If you've been using, you know, the Mac since, you know, uh, Leopard or Tiger or, you know, something prior to that, um, you might remember this because that's how you used to do it. Okay. We don't really do it that way much anymore, but it is an option. Now, my favorite way is the launch pad. The reason it's my favorite way is because it looks a lot like iOS and iPad OS, which is what I, I prefer and what I use every day. The launch pad is a full screen um, environment that brings down a, a grid of apps just like you have on your iPhone and your iPad. And it has folders and everything too, if it needs to. But this is every single app that you have, just like the applications folder, but unlike the dock. So any app that's installed on your Mac will show up in the launch pad. Now, the launch pad is available in the dock. Okay, so that's usually what I do is I VOD and then I VO space on launch pad. There's also, um, I think my touch bar has a launch pad option on it. And I think if you have a keyboard, uh, uh, excuse me, if you have function keys, it used to be the F4 key. F4 does work, yes. That F4 does still pad. work. Yes. Okay, okay. And this, as I said, brings up a grid of apps so you can move left, right, up, and down with the VO keys. But that's the launch pad. It's got all of your apps. Choose the one you want and VO space on it. So that's another option. So we have the dock. We have Siri. We have the applications folder. We have the launch pad. And then the one that I know is Cliff's favorite, the one that this is how he launches apps typically, is through Commanders. And we're not going to get fully into Commanders today. We will. We will. And that's going to be Cliff and John because that's their that's their area. And I have another uh, one. You have an, another way to open an app besides that? Yeah. And what um, is that? Spotlight Search. That's a great one. That's a great one. And, and is it, you just press and release the, I know command so, space, if you hold it is Siri, but is that how you open spotlight? Yeah, just, just press command, it. Yeah. quick press it. You have just to space. quick press it. Yeah, you have to do it real fast. And you can um, type in the first couple letters and uh, hit enter. And spotlight search, Lynn, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we have Spotlight on our iPhones and iPads also. A lot of us don't use it because we can just use Siri, but Spotlight is actually quite powerful. Like you have to remember that Spotlight existed before Siri right. and did some of the same stuff. I mean, not nearly as much, not nearly as much as Siri, but some of the same stuff. For example, I can go into Spotlight search and I can type, um, I don't know exactly the phrasing I'd have to use, but like... Uh, uh, eight gallons to cups 
and it will convert that. Or I can type a mathematical calculation and it will give me, and this is true on iPhone and iPad also, you know, or I can type local restaurants or local movie results. And it, it searches the web, it searches everything on your Mac. So Spotlight is actually really powerful. And yes, in, in both cases, one, one of the things it can be used for is to open apps. Now, when John and Cliff do get into the commanders, I mean, you know, for example, there's a few default ones that are set up, right? Guys like the right option with, with the letter S, M yeah. opens yeah, the mail app, right? Safari, S for and, Safari. And to option, right option S for Safari. And these, you have to turn on commanders. Um, and once you do, so, so a commander is basically like, you know, we have this basic set of commands and gestures that we've been teaching you. We haven't taught you the gestures yet, but we will. And, and uh, even that requires a commander, really. But you, you have this basic set of, you know, keyboard commands and stuff that you can use to control voiceover. And then a commander lets you take things to a whole new level. A keyboard commander lets you create custom keyboard commands to control different areas of the Mac. Since we're talking about yeah. keyboard commanders and that the fact that there's default ones like option T for time and option S for Safari and option M for mail. I think there's another one, uh, option X, I think will capture the last, uh, will do a screenshot or something. I forgot what it is. I disabled mine cause I don't use it. But anyways, there's a shortcut way of turning on, on and off keyboard commanders. I just talked to Matt about this yesterday because there's an app that I use where it uses the option key along with other key sequences that I have locked up in commander. So I actually have to turn my keyboard commander off. And that keyboard shortcut is voiceover keys. So option control and the shift key with the letter K. And it's a toggle. So options are voiceover shift K will turn it on and then voiceover um, shift um, or voiceover keys op or shift K will turn it off. So it's a toggle on and off. And so again, that's voiceover keys shift and the letter K to turn it on and then turn it back off as a toggle. So both <laughs> will it, pressing it again will turn it back off. And I will tell you this: that uh, you know, it's it's personal preference. I don't normally use keyboard command. The only commander I use is the trackpad one normally. But I did turn the keyboard commander on the other day because of a handy new option that they've added to voiceover in Ventura, which we will demonstrate when we get into uh, editing text and, and you know writing and editing on the Mac. And they call it the text checker. And it requires the commander keyboard commander to be turned on. And then you press right option with the letter D as in Delta. It has you to sure be you haven't right found a trackpad command for that yet? No, I have not yet. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know that there is one, but... Um, but the right, it has to be the right option and the letter D and it will, it does some really cool stuff. I don't want to get into it today because it's, you know, a little further on than where we are, but it is, it really helps you to find misspelled words and extra spaces between words and stuff. So I wanted to try that with, you know, and I needed to enable commanders, which you can do from your voiceover utility and settings, but you can also do it using the keyboard command that, uh, that Cliff stated so that you can do that from anywhere. Uh, on your Mac. So we'll get more into that as we go. But my point in bringing it up now was to say that it's another way to open apps because Cliff, do you have a commander for every app that you use on a regular basis? The, the ones that I use the most, yes. So you, whenever you want to go into, um, I don't know, let's just say hypothetically, you want to go into notes or you want to go into music or pages, you have a, a commander then 
that you don't even have to go to the dock or the launch pad or anything in right. order to find the app that you right. want. My 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 commander for pages is option E and my for music, it used to be called iTunes and I never changed it. So it's option I. <laughs> Plus the fact that mail is our M is already taken up by mail anyway. I probably could do shift M, but I don't I don't even open my music app on my phone though. I mean not my phone, but my my Mac. I very rarely open it up. If I open it up, I'm maybe I'm opening it up just to update my library to make sure it syncs from what I've done on my phone. Is there any reason if I'm you know primarily an iPhone or iPad Apple Music user, is there anything I can do with music on my Mac that I can't do on the iPhone and the iPad? Because it's about the one and only thing that you really can't do on iPhone and iPad that that you need a Mac for if you're going to do this. That the only thing that you would need your Mac for is if you have music on a CD and you wanted to import it. That's right. And you and have music or, or plug an ex- external drive in. Other than that, there's absolutely nothing right. you can't right. do with music on right. your phone that you that's can't right. do on your Mac. Exactly. So that's the only thing, guys. You know, <laughs> your 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 mother's cousin's roommate's middle boy. <laughs> you want to put that in your music library, you have to use your Mac to do that. But most anything else. I wouldn't even, I mean, honestly, it's personal preference, but you know, as an Apple music subscriber, we get, what is it? 70 million, 90 million songs, pretty much anything that's, you know, publicly available, you're going to find there. So you don't even need to bother with that. But people ask me, what are things like mission control and, and related to that expose and, and that sort of thing? Can, can you give a description to folks of, of what that is? A lot of times I think probably voiceover users don't even need it, but at least to know what it is. Well, first, it's not really a voiceover specific thing. And I, I try to, right. I don't want to say dissuade, but I try to encourage clients to not even really worry about it. It's more visual. Basically, right. as a quick historical thing, there used to be different features called expose and spaces way back when Apple sort of right. combined it into this one feature called mission control. So, for example, mission control has different um, modes all applications and all windows, for example. Now, the problem with this is from a voiceover standpoint, you'll accidentally trigger it because the if you use control option as your modifiers, the control key with the arrow keys, particularly the up and down arrow keys, are the keyboard shortcuts to open up mission control. And that's so, the main reason why I disable it because yeah, I was. And you so, can I disable just... it in system settings if it really becomes an uh, an issue for you. But most of the time, you can just hit the escape key if you accidentally trigger it. But just to kind of summarize, all application modes control up arrow shows the user every single application that is currently open on the Mac with the associated windows in sort of a visual cascade format. So the sighted individual can click quickly use the mouse and just click on a specific window of an application and jump right to it. Now, from the voiceover standpoint, you can do it. It's levels of interaction that are involved, and it's kind of defeats the whole purpose. If you're a keyboard shortcut user, you can just use Command-Tab to switch between apps. You can use Command-Accent to switch between open windows of apps. Now, the all windows mode is only useful if you have an application that has like multiple windows. So let's say Safari, your Christmas shopping for somebody or family or whatever. And you have, you know, uh, Walmart.com, Amazon, Target, and you're comparing prices. So like if Cliff is you want to buy Cliff another keyboard. So maybe there's five different prices on five different websites. 
So all windows mode will show you all the windows of, of Safari in a cascade form. And again, the sighted user can just take the mouse and click. So again, we don't need that because we have, we have, you know, the window chooser menu or we can use command accent. So, I mean, I, right, like I, said, right. I just try to convince people it's not necessary. I mean, you do get some people who come right. over who had vision and they feel that connection still. So they want to use it. So right. that's fine, you know, but for the, you know, I just right. don't think it's important for a voiceover user. As John mentioned, a few different things, which we're going to teach as we progress, like window chooser and application chooser, which are voiceover features. And then you also have an app switcher on your Mac, which is command tab. And you can literally hold down the command key and keep pressing the tab key and releasing it. And you right. will cycle through every, every open app, all the open apps on your Mac. And the other thing is with an example like Safari, where you might have seven different tabs open in order to, uh, you know, do your Christmas shopping or whatever. Even that, there you you can interact with the tabs area of Safari, right, John? Just like on yes. your iPad or iPhone. Yep. So you don't even really have to use Mission Control for that either. Now, since John brought up something called Window Chooser and Application Chooser, I do want to tell you about those because that's another way besides Command Tab. These are VoiceOver specific now. Okay, you have to have VoiceOver on to use application chooser and window chooser. And it's the same kind of thing. Like if you have multiple apps open, you can press, uh, is it, is it control option F1 or am I missing a key there guys? It's command. Yeah, no, it's well, it's control oh. option F1 control. for the application. Yeah. Uh, well, control option F1. Announce means, current. Yeah. Current right. application. If you do it right. two times in a row, that opens up the application chooser menu. And then exactly. the Windows is F2. F2. And this is one case where I can say definitively because I've done it. Now, maybe it is a setting that's already set and I wasn't aware of it, but I can tell you with a touch bar, you can just use the number one and number two in lieu of instead of the F1 and F2. So if you got a touch bar, just control option one. I meant to ask you the other day, aren't you able to hold down the function key or FN, globe, whatever you want to call a key and use one through 12 as the function keys? Yeah, uh, on, the, on with on the touch bar um, models. Well, yes, yeah, you can you can enable that feature and disable it. But also, as I say, in this case, you don't even have to hold down. At least I don't. And maybe there's a setting that's allowing that that I'm not even aware of. But I don't even have to hold down the FN or the globe. I just control option one is exactly the same as doing control option F one for me. Um, but but it's when you do that, as as John said so well, it announces the current application. And then if you press it a second time, it brings up the list of all open apps and you can VO up and down through the one you want VO space to immediately go to it. Similarly is the window chooser with F2 or, or number two on a touch bar Mac. And again, control option and that number F2 or whatever that announces the current window and doing it a second time brings up the window chooser. Now, I want to tell you about a reason that you might need to know this and a reason that I made sure I brought it up right now. Sometimes, so it's useful, the window chooser is useful in the example that John gave where you have multiple windows open. But sometimes a window will open and you don't know how to get to it. Like a dialog box that somehow appears behind the currently open app. And you can tell that it's there because every now and then you hear that it needs attention or you hear this little boop every few seconds, boop, and there's this thing running. It's indicating there's something that needs attention. Now, sometimes that's a notification. You can control option N for notifications. You can get to that. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is a dialogue 
that is appearing in the current app, but it's not the active window. So you've got your document open, but in the background, Pages is trying to ask you something, and it's important. So that's a great indicator that you have an open dialog box or something in the background that needs your attention. And again, the way to get to it then is control option F2, F2. And that brings up the window chooser and you can find the system dialog or the, whatever it may be that is open. And you can then VO space on it to go to it and, and do whatever it is you need to do. If you're a new voiceover user uh, to the Mac or you're coming from Windows, please, please, please. Find the YouTube video on either my playlist, which is uh, Mac OS Ventura, or the Mac for the Blind playlist. They're both on my page. It's called uh, Mac for the Blind uh, Fall Course Number Something, and but it's called System Settings. Listen yeah. to that. Listen to that uh, recording. Matt or uh, John walks you through how system settings are laid out, how to find things because they're not where you're going to think they are. We're mentioning the doc and. If you have a lot of programs in there that you're not necessarily using, did you say there was a way to take them out? Because I, I didn't hear it if you did. <laughs> VO shift M, arrow down oh, until, you, until you hear options, VO right arrow, and it'll, the first option will be removed. You hit enter and you're done. It'll, it'll say, and it'll be gone. Uh, you know, with JAWS, if you're using, uh, if you're using a laptop keyboard, you've got certain commands. But if you've got a keyboard that's got a numpad, you know, you, you can use that for certain commands, like within documents or what have you. I was wondering, is that the case with Apple as well? I mean, if you've got. Yes and no. Of, yes. Okay. yes and no. Yes and no. Because by default, no. By default, there's no difference between the commands on a on a on a MacBook versus a, a desktop Mac. It's all control and option or caps lock and then those various things. But just like there's a keyboard commander and a trackpad commander, there is an option of enabling a numpad commander for those who have it, which can give you okay. alternative ways of doing the same thing or, or different things. But it's not enabled by default, and you never have to use it. The, the default set of sort of fundamental keyboard commands is exactly the same, regardless what, plat what, what type of uh, keyboard you're using. I've got a question on something that, that one of you mentioned tonight, the desktop. Um, about extra apps and all that, because I don't, I don't like a cluttered desktop. It annoys me. No. But I wonder is it the same with aliases? Like, um, and I know that's a little bit more advanced, but I have to go into folders inside folders inside folders, and I like shortcuts. I really like shortcuts. So um, I do aliases and keyboard commander and all that kind of stuff. So the keyboard, did the aliases take up as much sort of RAM or um, resources? Yeah, alias is just a shortcut. That's all it is. So it's, it's not, not taking. It's not taking up nothing. I personally hate them, but hey, two each their own. But yeah, <laughs> an alias, <laughs> alias is a. Yeah. Okay. I think I've used them a couple times on the desktop, so I don't absolutely hate them. I just don't need them as much as some. This class here, Mac, will resume on the sixteenth, uh, unless we announce something else. Check out YouTube, and stay in touch. <laughs>